everyone, and welcome to this episode of the Simmons Clean Energy Podcast. I hope you're all keeping well. In this episode, we are covering Malaysia. And here with me today is Camila Bintikasim, who is a partner at Rahmat Lim and Partners. Camila, could you please tell us a little bit about your experience on renewable energy projects? Okay, uh, first about the firm first. Uh, Ramat Lim and Partners uh, is one of uh, Malaysia's largest law firms, notwithstanding uh, being established only in uh, 2010. We currently have one of the largest corporate focus uh, practices in Malaysia with 32 partners and over 19 Malaysians qualified lawyers. Our network across Southeast Asia includes our associate firms, Allen & Gladhill LLP of Singapore, Allen & Gladhill Myanmar Company Limited of Myanmar, Allen & Gladhill Vietnam Limited Liability Law Company, and also our strategic alliance, uh, Somadi Praja and Tahir of uh, Indonesia. Uh, our energy infrastructure and projects team is truly passionate about renewable energy. We advise our clients throughout the whole project life cycle, uh, from the project inception, we help with land acquisition, preparation of tender exercise, construction, commissioning, financing, the supply chain infrastructure, uh, plan operation and maintenance, contract administration and dispute uh, resolution. Um, I am the head of the uh, energy infrastructure and projects practice in the firm. Um, personally, I have advice on various uh, project agreements, uh, including concession agreements, power purchase agreements, uh, construction contracts, um, including bill only EPCC contracts. Sometimes people call it EPC contract. I have advice on uh, power projects, which include gas fire coal-fired, combined cycle gas turbine, hydroelectric, geothermal, wind, biomass, biogas, and solar power in the uh, Southeast Asia region and uh, in particular in Malaysia. In particular Malaysia, yes. <laughs> Great, thank you very much. Um, all right then, to start us off, uh, could you please tell us a little bit about the Malaysian government's renewables, net zero, or emissions reductions target? Being a signatory to the uh, Paris uh, Agreement, Malaysia has always been committed to promoting the usage of renewable energy and tackling uh, climate change. Following the uh, Paris Agreement, Malaysia has implemented the National Renewable Energy Policy, which aims to achieve a 20% renewable energy capacity mix by 2025. The, this policy actually is part of SEDA's vision and mission. Uh, and SEDA being the uh, Sustainable Energy Development Authority. Uh, renewable energy currently contribute 80% uh, to Malaysia's uh, energy mix. According to the latest announcement made the, by the Ministry of Energy, Science, Technology, Environment and Climate Change, Malaysia has reduced its carbon emissions by 33%. Uh, this places Malaysia on a consistent path to fulfill its obligation under the Paris Agreement to reduce 45% of carbon emissions by the year 2030. Interestingly, uh, the Prime Minister of Malaysia, Ismail Sabri Yaakob, has tabled the 12th Malaysia Plan 
in the parliament on 27 uh, September 2021 to pledge the following Malaysia to become a carbon neutral country by 2050 uh, continue to fulfill its commitment to reduce its greenhouse gas emission intensity of GDP by 45% by 2030 to no longer build new coal-fired power plants uh, to increase renewable energy generation from solar, biomass, and biogas to 31% of the total installed capacity in the country by 2025, and to have a total of 120 cities achieving sustainable city status by 2025. Oh, amazing. It's so nice to, it's so great to hear about these pledges and that Malaysia is on a steady track to meeting its Paris Agreement obligations. Um, and what is the technology currently dominating the Malaysian renewables landscape? And is this likely to change over the next decade? Uh, Malaysia is currently dominated by hydropower projects, uh, which account for 86% of uh, renewable capacity. Given the policies and pledges of the Malaysian government, as I stated earlier, uh, over the next few years, uh, we will be seeing more and more um, uh, adoption of renewable energy uh, technologies to achieve 20% uh, of the uh, renewable energy capacity mix by 2025. Okay. And um, what are the main routes to market for renewables projects in Malaysia? Are government auctions or subsidies in place or corporate PPAs? Uh, there are two main routes uh, to market for renewable energy, uh, either privately or publicly. Uh, privately, the government is encouraging uh, individual, commercial and industrial consumers looking to hash uh, against the rising cost of electricity to install solar PVs for their own uh, consumption. Uh, as set out in the uh, solar PV self-consumption guidelines issued by the Energy Commission, anyone may develop a solar PV on any building and use the electricity generated from that solar PV for self-consumption. Uh, but a person who wishes to sell the electricity generated from such solar PV must be licensed under Section 9 of the Electricity Supply Act uh, 1990. Importantly, any electricity generated from the solar PV for self-consumption must not go to the national grid. Uh, publicly, the regulatory framework in Malaysia adopts a single buyer model. So a person uh, may enter into the renewable energy market through various programs, initiatives uh, driven by the EC, SEDA or the local government. More importantly, electricity can only be exported to the national grid and sold to the, uh, to the single buyer. Uh, can only be exported to the national grid and be sold to the single buyer, okay, one person, one entity. Currently, a unit of Tanaga National Berhad, uh, our national optaker. Some of the uh, public initiatives are as follows. Um, LSS Photovoltaic Plant Scheme, LSS is large-scale solar. Under the purview of the EC, Malaysia 
opened its first competitive bidding for the uh, development of LLS uh, plants in 2017 through the LSS uh, PV scheme. Uh, the scheme is presently in its fourth cycle and is known as LSS at Mantari. Uh, in Malaysia or in Malay language, Mantari is the sun. <laughs> Uh, net energy metering scheme. Uh, there is uh, also this net energy uh, metering scheme. Uh, the NAM scheme uh, has gone through three cycles. Uh, the scheme is split into three programs. Uh, net rakyat, applicable to domestic individual uh, consumers. NAM uh, gomen, applicable to uh, the government agencies. And the third one, NOVA program applicable to any non-domestic uh, consumer. Uh, and all this subject to certain criteria, including being a registered consumer of TNB, an entry into an electricity supply contract. For NAM Rakyat and NAM Gomen, uh, this provide for excess energy generated from uh, the renewable energy plan to be exported to the national grid on a one-to-one -one uh, one -one offset basis. Uh, as far as the NOVA program, the credit to the NOVA consumer shall be based on a specific calculation which can be found online, uh, either SEDA website or the EC website. We also have this uh, fit-in tariff system uh, this is overseen by SEDA and is applicable to biogas, hydro, and uh, biomass. Uh, applicable throughout Malaysia except for the state of Sarawak. Under the FIT system, the single buyer purchase, uh, purchases electricity generated by uh, renewable energy power producers, also referred to as FIT-in approval holders, produced from renewable sources at fixed FIT rates prescribed by the Renewable Energy Act 2011. Um, moving on, uh, the Malaysian Budget 2014 also created tax incentives for renewable en uh, energy technology in the form of a green investment tax allowance for the purchase of green technology assets. Um, there is also uh, the green income tax exemption for the use of green technology services and systems. And these two taxes um, uh, were extended to 2023 uh, by the Malaysian government through Malaysian budget uh, 2020. Malaysia also introduced a green technology financing uh, scheme and this is program 2.0 now. Uh, that is currently in place to allow private companies to gain uh, access to financing. The Malaysian government has allocated uh, Ringgit Malaysia 2 billion fund for GTFS uh, 2.0. Under the GTFS 2.0, producers and users of green technology are entitled to a rebate of 2% per annum on interest stroke profit rate for each loan stroke financing, though this is limited to the first seven years only, and 
B, um, the second one, 60% government guarantee on green technology costs. Uh, financing tenures under the GTFS uh, 2.0 depends on who is the applica uh, applicant for the uh, financing. Uh, for producers of green technology, the maximum financing uh, tenure is 15 years. In respect of users of green technology, uh, 10 years. Uh, for energy services company, um, about uh, five years. Uh, GTFS 2.0 has closed its application process and the 3.0, GTFS 3.0 will be implemented soon, we understand. Okay, wow, it seems like there's a lot of things happening. At oh the my God, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Which is great. Quite mouthful. <laughs> um, and uh, what are the main obstacles currently facing renewable energy projects, development and construction in Malaysia? Yeah, just like many other countries. Um, as we all know, developing renewable energy as a new um, energy resource requires high investment values. And this seems to be money, seems to be a uh, uh, main obstacle currently facing renewable energy project development and construction. Um, for instance, the system, FIT, might be working in terms of implementation, but the rates might not be sufficient for some technologies after considering all other risks. For example, uh, for mini hydro projects, compensation to Aboriginal uh, communities and other affected communities can impact the total project cost. So you have to balance, all right, sustainability and the, uh, um, um, wishes to go ahead with the projects yeah understood um and are there any key legislative or policy updates in the pipeline that may affect the pace of development of renewables in malaysia we're not aware of any key uh, legislative or policy updates in the pipeline that may uh, affect the pace of deployment of renewables in malaysia uh, the only issue uh, is that uh, the Malaysian uh, government receptiveness towards new or uncommon types of renewable energy, uh, such as renewable energy produced through nuclear fusion or carbon, uh, low, carbon hydro, uh, low carbon hydrogen. Understood. Okay, uh, moving on then. Uh, final question is, what positive outcomes are you personally hoping to see come out of the COP26 negotiations? Well, I would like to see developed countries being held accountable for their failure in mobilizing the US 100 billion per year finance target, which was agreed in 2010 at Cancun to enable more climate action in the developing world and a clean and sustainable development trajectory with, with technology transfer by 2020. It should not be an empty promise by the developed countries because at the last count in 2018, they were short by um, 20 billion uh, US dollar. And I think um, it is very important as well to have the Paris rule book finalized uh, detailing how the Paris Agreement will operate in practice. Without the finalization of the uh, Paris rulebook, a lot of things are left as promises only, 
just like the US uh, 100 billion per year finance target, which remains unsatisfied, uh, the Paris Agreement outlines what countries should aim for. Uh, the Paris Rulebook will tell countries how they should work together to achieve a low carbon climate resilient future. So as we know, climate change is real and its effect may be more <laughs> lasting than COVID-19 pandemic. If change is needed, it should be now. I couldn't agree more. All right. Um, on that note, that's all the time we have for today. Thank you very much to Camilla and her team for taking part in our podcast series. Um, it's been so nice and interesting speaking with you. Please keep an eye out for the next episode in our series on LinkedIn, our website, Spotify and Apple Music. <laughs>